Hello and welcome everybody to the Say Yes Anyway podcast where these are conversations from the heart where you just have to say yes to those things that are so deep in you that maybe nobody gets. I know maybe you don't even understand why you have to say yes to it. Maybe you have no idea what's coming, but it creates who you are. It creates your future. It creates all the things inside of you that you never knew were possible. And so thanks for listening. And today I'm really excited because I have my new friend Bridget with me. She is a female CEO and founder of a social impact business, which you guys are going to want to check out. We're going to talk about, she's a speaker and now an author of this cool book that's coming out, Experiential Billionaire. She lives in Malibu, California, which I love Malibu, California. So I'm sure we would be watching this sunrise like she's doing right now on this podcast interview. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Bridget. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me and for joining me for sunrise. Oh, I love it. I see it back there and it's making me <laughs> making me happy. So good. Awesome. Well, I would love to know first off, what's something that you love about yourself and your life right now? What's something that I love about myself? Yeah, about wow. yourself and your life right now. I I think the my favorite thing about myself, that sounds kind of weird saying that, but um is that I'm curious. And I always want to learn more about everything. And I think that that's a, a really important trait. There's actually a trait called uh, neophilia, which is being open to new experiences. And it's been proven to make people live longer. So I think that I have that. So that's good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Neophilia is what it's called? Yeah, neophilia. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's uh, Yeah, it's been linked to longer lifespan and like healthier overall life. So. Wow. Okay. I think I'm on your level too, because I'm always, you know, it's like, okay, I'm interested in this, curious about that person, this nationality, this, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's almost like you're a child all the time. And so <laughs> I'm sure it probably talks about it in like the blue zones. Are you familiar with the blue zones? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not sure if they talk about it in that, but um, I definitely agree with you in that feeling like a, the inner child, like bringing that out is very important. I think that like links directly to that trait. So you're you're right on track. Yeah, I love that. And then what's something that you would have to say was one of your biggest like yes moments? Like I have to say yes to this thing. I don't get why, but I got to do it. What's been one of the biggest moments for you or a couple, if you want? There's been a few of them, but I think as we go through my story, you'll see like, there's, there's a lot of moments in life where you're just like, I have to do this and I, I can't not do it. And I love that. That's what the podcast is about. Um, I think for me, like one of the most impactful things that I've ever done in my life is is kind of a, something that seems simple now, but it was like a big deal at the time is when I moved from Michigan to California and I like took a leap of faith in that and it ended up being like the best thing that I ever did. So. Wow. Why do you feel like that was one of the biggest things you've ever did? Just because I feel like I would have never had this amount of opportunity and this amount of, um, just like beauty in my life that like I probably would not have been open to had I stayed in like a comfort zone mm -hmm. um and I was like really young I was 21 when I moved here and like I didn't know anyone here I maybe knew like a few acquaintances but I mm -hmm. I definitely took a leap of faith um to move out here by myself and uh it was 1000 percent worth it that's for sure wow. So I, I actually resonate with you. I moved and did my say yes moment moving from Seattle to California when I was 21 too. And oh, we oh. share that <laughs> a lot in common. 
I know. So what was, what was that for you though? Like, was there something you were going after? Was it just this like feel? Was it like, what was that knowing, you know, of doing that? Sure. So I grew up um, around Flint, Michigan and um, yeah, it's, it was really like, there was really amazing parts of like my childhood and, and bad parts as you know, everyone goes through. But um, for me, I always had this like huge love of music and it's not exactly like a booming uh, entertainment metropolis like in Flint, Michigan. So, so I was always like dreaming of like moving to California and like being in Hollywood and like I would see it on TV, you know, and it'd be like, oh my God, it looks so cool. And, and everyone looks like they're following their dreams and like doing what they want to do. And like, I just didn't really have that example, like where I grew up. And um, so it was, it was like weirdly always like this fantasy of mine to like, to move here. And, um, and I started working in music when I was really young, like 14 or 15. And I was doing all these jobs, like picking up trash and like getting coffee for people at radio stations and, you know, passing out flyers outside of concert venues and whatnot. And, and, um, and eventually after like, you know, 10 of those types of jobs, uh, I got a job as an intern at a record label in Detroit. And, um, and then I ended up getting a job in the mailroom. And then all of a sudden, like they shut down the um, the office in Detroit. And so I kind of like had this choice between, you know, do I stay here and I get like a quote unquote normal job where I'm like working in something that I don't like. And, you know, I spend my life like doing the status quo and not going after my dreams or I could like move to LA and like try to make it you know like everyone else yeah, here exactly. <laughs> so, hey I relate <laughs> yeah. so I did and I like didn't I was like uh, li literally like living on unemployment and I was like didn't have any money and I had like a hundred bucks left and I bought like a one-way like two-stop Spirit Airlines ticket to, <laughs> to LA and like I didn't have any possessions <laughs> Like I just showed up and I like, I like lived on a futon in North Hollywood and, and uh, made it happen. Stop. So then like what happened in the whole music side of your career? Did, did anything happen? Yeah. I mean, it was an incredible experience and it's funny because it kind of all ties back to like our book, which is called Experiential Billionaire. But I just feel like in, in the music industry, I had the most amazing experience, um, of like I got to meet my idols and I got to like hang out every night at like you know the troubadour and the whiskey and the roxy and, and the greek theater hollywood bowl like all these places that I had like seen on tv as a kid yeah and I, like get to hang out backstage and it was just like a very like cool lifestyle for like a you know someone in their 20s oh, yeah. um, and I never made like any money <laughs> like I think the most I made was I don't know like when I moved it was like 20 some grand yeah. and as you know like living in Los Angeles it's like the most expensive city so that was rough but the whole time I was like making no money but I was having so much fun and I met all of these cool people that I got to hang out with and they're like my lifelong friends and um it's like it was a really like amazing experience uh-huh um, and I, but I like, obviously didn't want to, you know, go out to shows every night, all night for the rest of my life. So 
You didn't? Why not? <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> it was fun for a while, but then like once you start getting older, you're like, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, what ended up happening is that I um I saw a video of a woman hearing for the first time um one day when I was at work on like, you know, it's just like on YouTube <laughs> as you do. But um it really impacted me and I, I watched this video and I thought about how impactful music had been in my own life and how I would have never like had those incredible experiences without like loving music so deeply. And um, it gave me like an idea and I ended up starting a company called Listen, um, a social enterprise that makes headphones and speakers. And, uh, and what we do is we give the proceeds to giving people hearing all around the world. Wow. So that the beginning of that was just like seeing this video and um, and it all came from just loving music and being passionate about something. Wow. So was there something like, because I know, you know, different ideas or visions happen differently for everyone. You said that it came from your love of music and it came from watching a video. Was there something that, you know, it was this click moment where you were like, oh, I want to do electronics or was it this progressive, like, okay, I want to do something, but you didn't really know what it would look like. Yeah, it was definitely, I didn't know, like, I always kind of thought in the back of my mind that I would end up being an entrepreneur. And like, I like when I was a kid, I would like start all kinds of like random businesses and whatnot, but I didn't really know like how to do that per se and like how to like create products and whatnot and and when I saw the video I was like I have to find a way to make money because I obviously don't have money to just give to charities totally. um, <laughs> I didn't have like randomly millions of dollars sitting around but um so what I did was I just like kind of looked at like the things that I liked and I loved the headphones at the time and and there was like all these you know, companies kind of swirling at the moment of like, of, of like a Tom's or a Warby Parker. And then there was like the, the beats of the world. And then I was like, what if you just kind of combine those two and um, those two trends and like made, uh, made headphones. And what we did was we made, and I say, we, me and my business partner, Joe Huff, um, we wanted to make a product that stood out. Like just if, if you were wearing it at the airport, for example, and like, someone came up to you and they were like I like your headphones and then you could tell the story so it couldn't just be like a regular like black plastic oh. headphone so we ended up making them out of wood and they're really beautiful and they they like stand out among amongst all of the other like plastic headphones I saw photos. Whole, I was like whoa those are amazing looking like I was like I for sure need I'll send you a pair for sure yeah they're great and like the the reason behind like designing them like that was to spread the message of like the hearing and the give back and it and they look amazing and they're cool but like that was like the real reason behind that but um well, when you talk yeah, about sorry, sorry, go sorry go ahead um, but yeah, I guess that, that the moment that you were asking about was just, it was like a leap of faith and like, what can I make to, you know, sell and to give back? It really was never like, I want to start a headphone company. It was always like, I want to find a way to travel the world and help people here for the first time. Wow. That's amazing. So when you say help people here for the first time, are there, is there something 
special about the headphones that allow people that can't hear to hear? Or is it with the organization that you're working with? They specifically, I don't know, are they giving hearing aids? Like, I'm not sure what, like, how does yeah. that work? Sure. So um, it's funny, a lot of people think that it is the headphones and I totally understand why, but um, it's, so the headphones are just like normal consumer products. So like anybody can wear them, but, um, and we've sold them like, uh, you know, all around the world and like at random places like Nordstrom and Whole Foods and like Bloomingdale's or wherever. But um, we, so what we do is like every quarter we take the proceeds from the headphones and the speakers that we make and we donate it to this charity called Starkey Hearing Foundation and um and then we go on the trips with them so we're like the ones on the ground and we give mostly hearing aids mm -hmm. so like nine ten kids can hear with just a hearing aid wow. and that's what so 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 impactful is that it literally can be like a 10 second thing where someone goes from never hearing to like entire life has changed in 10 seconds just from like this tiny device and it's just not um it's not accessible for most people in the world you know hearing aids are very expensive totally. and the fact the fact that like 90 percent of people can be like helped with just this little thing is i mean it's really sad actually because it's like the number one disability in the world and um it's just not it doesn't give like get like the love that a lot of these other causes get it's a uh, it's a very worthy cause though yeah and I'm happy we were able to have like a little dent in the world and that like since since we started in 2012 we've helped over 50,000 people get hearing for the first time so wow that's incredible yeah and that's like I think that's the thing too where a lot of people don't know that that's possible like I have I mean different story of course than you but for me when I was 22 I went around the world and and took a backpack and tent and then helped build orphanages or taught English or worked with human trafficking that's actually why I'm here in Thailand right now because I built a relationship you know over 12 years ago and it stole my heart and work with human trafficking out here now and so needless to say ever since that whole experience everything I've ever created has been either a business or nonprofit that works to support you and those around the world because those that have some sort of means were the ones that can make some sort of impact you know and why not use whatever you have your gift for good and like I really believe our purpose is to find whatever our gift is and then give it away and like that all keeps rippling and going on and so as you're sharing it was like I knew this looking you know looking into all of your stuff but I didn't know like this story behind it is so powerful and even if people are like, oh, I'm going to buy headphones anyway, it's like, uh, please go buy these headphones because look how it's like truly actually impacting these lives over here. Even if you're not, you've never had this situation where maybe you weren't able to hear like, yeah, think about to your point of the joy that music brought to you or just like the laugh with your friends or like somebody telling you a story and I'm getting the chills right now, but just how like a pair of your headphones or them realizing like, dang, I just made a difference. Like that's amazing. I mean, it's, it's just been <clears throat> the most incredible thing mm -hmm. I've ever seen in my life was like, you know, it's like a miracle happening oh. right in front of your face, like over and over all oh, day long. Oh, that's awesome. crazy. Wow. So then what did, I mean, you don't have to share the whole process because I know it's long probably, but 
going from this idea to, okay, I want to like actually implement this, these things. And I'm sure you didn't really know what the heck to do. Like, where did you even start? Because it is about like, all right, cool. I'm just going to like start from nothing and make something happen. So where did you start? And then like, how did you, I guess, like realize that sweet spot of what was working for you guys to get it up into the world? Sure. So I actually, right around the time that I had the idea, I met this guy, Joe Huff, through a mutual friend and he had a company. Um, We were introduced because he had this um, fashion company that was like giving um, proceeds to different charities, like through t-shirts that they were selling. So a very similar model. Um, But he was working with like building schools in Guatemala and then like human trafficking and like all these amazing causes. Um, and I ended up sending him the video that inspired me and he was like, basically dropped everything and was like, we need to do this together and we need to do it right. And we literally jumped on a plane to China, like a week after meeting, <laughs> but no plan, not, no like contracts, nothing, anything like that. But, um, yeah, we've been partners and like best friends, like ever since then. So it's, that was like 12 years ago almost. So, oh um, it's funny. You just never know like who's going to like who you meet that's going to like change your life. But um, but uh, yeah, so we that was in 2012 and we ended up like I mean, we had no idea what we were doing in electronics. And honestly, if I would have known how intimidating the space was, there's zero chance I would have done it because <laughs> I mean, we're competing with like Apple and 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 like Sony and like literally every single large company on earth has electronics yeah (laughs) it's almost like glad you didn't know because you went in oh "Oh, yeah this stuff is possible because if you knew like you probably wouldn't I was like well if they can do it I can do it yeah I had like literally no money I I cashed out my my 401k from Universal Music Group and it was like five (laughs) thousand dollars I was like yeah, I can totally compete with Apple. <laughs> Great. But uh, yeah, I mean, we obviously never got to any sort of level like that. Um, but what we did do is, you know, we helped like 50,000 people here for the first time. And we had all these incredible experiences. And and yeah, so after we went to China, we kind of met with a bunch of different factories. And we found like, you know, one that we liked. And we designed things with them. And, you know, long story short you know, got the products back to the U S and we, we didn't have that much money. So we only had like a hundred units at the, in the first like month we sold out like right away to all wow. of our friends. And then, um, we ended up like being randomly like on the today show, like as the sale item and we didn't have any stock. And I just remember it was like such a, an issue like we were on the, like the biggest morning TV show in the U S and wow. so all these people were ordering and we didn't have anything in stock. So they ended up having to like wait for like months and months. And I was like, I didn't even have packaging for the headphones. So I was like making packaging from like the Michael's craft store. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> like in my dining room. And I'm like handwriting all these notes to people that had like ordered from the Today Show because like I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like this took like four months. (laughs) My gosh, yes. But eventually it ended up being a real business and uh, we had plenty of inventory and and our strategy was really around um, not competing with these companies. Like, 
like we didn't want to go into like the Walmarts or Targets of the world and like compete directly with like Beats and Bose because all of those companies pay millions of dollars to be in those places. We obviously did not have any of that type of money. So our strategy was to go to these kind of more niche places where you wouldn't expect headphones. Like we were the first, um, we were the first electronics in like Whole Foods, for example. Mm. Uh, we were like the first electronics in like Birchbox. Like remember when those like um, yeah. companies like first started coming out? Okay, so like, cool. worked with all of those subscription companies and we would put like these really cool wood earbuds in there and we got a ton of feedback and like um like it was a really really great time to like be in these like niche places mm, uh, love that. we would do like fashion stuff like we worked with Nordstrom and and uh Barney's and places like that so our strategy was just to like not go where the big guys were totally. <laughs> to look other places yeah and it, and it worked working, honestly because it's like you're one of the only ones you look unique like these other places like wood whole foods you know like these these places like yes it, it kind of like makes sense but you're like oh headphones so do you I mean did you just what did, did you guys know people at these places or you just send an email and then hopefully they wanted it yeah. no we didn't know anybody I mean I was like coming from the music industry and like we didn't really you know work with places like a whole foods or a Nordstrom so um like randomly my relationship my relationships were in the places that like the beats and the bows were you know like I I knew more people at like a target than I knew it like a Nordstrom so yeah we didn't know anybody but um we just started reaching out and like we just hustled and like made no money and just like really like you know every single day work hard and work hard and then eventually like it ended up working but um yeah yeah we had the distinction of being the um the number one stolen item at whole foods so no way well hey everybody wanted them (laughs) so what would you tell people like if they wanted to you know start some sort of business or a nonprofit or something and it's this idea and it just seems so far away like what's something that you would tell them Honestly, the strategy of of doing anything is the same of of doing anything from starting a company to to planning like a big trip, for example, is exactly the same. It's like visualize what you want, write down what you want, um, and then write down the steps that it's going to take. And like you might not know, obviously, what what steps it's going to take in the beginning, but write down what you think and like research it and then give yourself Uh, real deadlines like if you're like I want to start a you know a t-shirt company that gives back you're like okay now I have to figure out what it's called I have to figure out like how to get the inventory how how we're going to sell it what the sales strategy is like so write down all of those different things and uh, give yourself like a real deadline on each of them and like then tell people tell like a friend or someone be like you need to hold me accountable <laughs> because oh, yeah. you no, know, I might not get this done but this is my dream so I'm gonna do it um and I think it's really important to uh to not only have these goals like professionally but personally yeah. it's like if I want to go to India for example it's like okay I need to write down the steps that's gonna it's gonna take to uh-huh. get there yeah and like hold accountable totally 
That's awesome. What have been some ways for you to, to know, like whether you go after a dream or a goal? Cause I'm sure you're probably the type. I mean, I'm just assuming over here, I could be totally wrong, but you do have these like lofty goals or these dreams and you're, you know, it's like, how do you know, okay, this is the time to go after it. Or maybe that's not right now, or that's, you know, something that is, I don't know. I think anything is possible, but like realistic for me in this season or like what makes, what makes it for you? Something that has helped me so much. And I swear by over the past few years um, to give me the most vitality and energy and mental clarity has been the Organifi green juice. I swear when I had adrenal dysfunction and could barely get out of bed or was just like trying to pound down a ton of coffee. Um, This seriously changed my life. I ended up taking one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one at night. And after two weeks, I seriously was feeling the biggest difference in the world. And I have been taking it almost every single day since then. And uh, so that is my biggest, one of my biggest wellness hacks for anybody that is just truly wanting to come back to life. It has chlorella, um, spirulina, ashwagandha, so many um, incredible healing elements to the body that we truly, truly need. And no joke, it tastes so good. And there's only a couple grams of coconut sugar in there and it seriously tastes so good. I've had so many grain juices, um, tried so many different types of products and this one by far is the absolute best. So I suggest um, go ahead and just check it out, Organifi. And then I also have a code for you guys because uh, they know that I love the green juice so much that they've given a code so I can share with all my friends and family. And it's just Jessdahl, J-E-S-S-D-A-H-L, and then you'll get a 20% discount. So whenever you get it, please let me know, tag me in it, shoot me a DM, and let me know how you feel. Um, How does your body feel? How does your mind feel? All of it. Anyway, I want to know. Thank you so much and enjoy that green juice. Hmm. I think it's a lot of it is timing. Like, so I don't know, man. I mean, I think to me, I want to do everything right now. (laughs) I know that I can't do everything right now. Like there's only so much time in a day, but at the same time, like you can start planning things. I think like a really good example of like what's happening in my life right now is like, I am busy like all the time right now because I have this, you know, book coming out and I have a new company and I have my previous company and I have a lot like happening. But one of my goals in the future is to do, um, is to do a stand-up comedy set. Like, I think that's, you know, it's such an uncomfortable thing and a hard thing. And I love stand-up comedy. So right now what I'm doing, I know that that's not going to happen like this month, right? Because I have a million things going on, but it is important to me. So I want to start planning now. So I have like a notes app that I use on my phone that everybody uses but um like every time I think of something that could possibly be in there I just write it down and and I have like a real plan to do to actually do stand-up next year and I'm already thinking of it so I think even if you don't know that it's right now you can like start like planting those seeds in your mind and in like taking notes writing down deadlines stuff like that yeah but you know right 
I actually, I love that because it's true. It's, I think a big thing is overwhelm for people where it's like, oh my gosh, all of this is so overwhelming or yeah, I want to do all of these things or da, 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 da. And if you look at it that way, I like the way where you're just like, okay, cool. Like I totally being honest with myself, I have all this on my plate right now and I would love to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and look at that over there. But I love that you said even like some steps for it. Like, even if you're like, okay, cool. What comedy club would I want to be at? Or who do I know that I would want to invite to the thing so I can let them know now. So they will be there. You know, they'll be the first ones there. Or, um, I mean, I've been sharing some scary stuff about, a a, um, like this leadership home retreat space I want in Spain for, for leaders and CEOs and people doing impactful work around the world. And that was like a dream five years ago. And I was like, well, it'll be like way down the road and it's becoming a, a bit more real now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like sharing about it. And like, there's actual some steps in there and it's like, whoa, okay. But you know, that was from years ago and it was like, okay, on the list. And then it came, it's starting to come to fruition over time. So even thinking about that, like, I think that that's like almost a very non-pressured way where it's like, I have to do it all right now. It's like, okay, look at what's right in front of you and go after it soon. So then, okay. So how did the whole book come about then? Because experiential billionaire, like it sounds like from what it sounds like, it sounds that you are rich in experiences. Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> that is a hundred percent what the book is about. It's helping people build lives rich in experiences. And I have no regrets. So oh good. Yeah. So tell us I, how this come about. Sure. So with with listen, so we um obviously have been running this amazing you know, philanthropic company for the last uh, 11 years at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had so many crazy, incredible experiences. We've traveled the world, like me and my partner have been to over like 50 countries. We went to all 50 states. We've partnered with like the biggest companies in the world. Like literally, like we had a commercial with Google. We did this big partnership with Delta Airlines um we've helped as I said like 50,000 people here for the first time so we're like having all these crazy experiences and and everyone I mean the name impetus came from like everyone started seeing all these these things like I was on like Forbes 30 under 30 and it was funny it was so funny because everyone thought that we were just like super rich and that we were just like everyone's like we're killing it and blah 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 and I'm like um I I guess like we're doing all these amazing things and we're like I think I, this is the happiest I've ever been and I love my life but like I don't have like a million dollars in the bank yeah yeah. And so we started um, responding to those people. Like, you know, I would have like people from like high school, like reach out to me and be like, can I borrow some money? And I'm like, I don't have any money. Like we're giving all our money away <laughs> to like give people hearing aids. But um, so we started responding as like an inside joke and be like, we're not billionaires, but we are experiential billionaires. And so this is actually like an inside joke from like 10 years ago. Wow. <laughs> but the book, like, so in 2020, um, 
there was obviously like a million crazy things happening, but in my personal life, all this, this bad stuff was happening. Like I got, um, I was being separate. I got separated from the person that I was with for years and, um, I ended up moving to a different place and then my new place got broken into and then like COVID was happening and I was like pretty isolated for the first time in like forever. Cause I had been in a long-term relationship and, um, and then the business started like faltering, like our charity partner shut down temporarily. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just like looking at all this stuff and I was super depressed. And I was like, if I don't even have a purpose, like I can't travel, I can't like give back, like what is my life? Yeah. And so Joe and I sat down and we were like, well, we need to do something, you know, like something has to change. Like I'm super unhappy. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life if, if like listen and Starkey don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Luckily, like eventually they did come back, but, um, but what we did was we asked people around us, like our friends and our family and our advisors and whatnot, like, what is our value? <clears throat> like, what can we bring to the world? And like, if we can't do listen, like, what can we do right now? And mm-hmm. everyone, said the same thing they're like you guys need to tell your stories like you've had these crazy lives that like have inspired all these people and like created like this ripple effect with like all the people that you've helped like you need to go out and like tell your story and like write and speak and I was like I've literally never in my life thought that I was going to like speak on a stage (laughs) but I was like okay I'll give it a shot and um and I really, I love books. So like that part for me was like, oh, I definitely want to write a book. Like I've always wanted to do that since I was a kid. Um, so I was all, all in on that idea, but, um, but yeah, I wasn't quite sold on the speaking idea, but, but now I love it. And like fast forward a couple of years, like that's what I do for a living, but, um, but that's kind of how it came about. So we just, we started writing and the book is about, you know, all of our experiences, but also helping other people build lives rich and experiences so Mm -hmm. like what whatever it is that you want like we're going to help you get to that thing whether it's like I want to become a chef or I want to go to Thailand or I want to you know start a company with social impact Mm -hmm. like whatever that experience is that you really want out of your life like that's what we want to do now is like help people get there because we did all this research with the book um we actually interviewed 20,000 people around the world about their regrets, about what they still wanted to do in their life. And most importantly, like, why didn't they do the things that they wanted to do? Mm-hmm. And the answers were like, so crazy. It was <laughs> most people like didn't do the things they most wanted to do because they never got around to it. Wow. So yeah we're trying to like instill this urgency because at the end of your life, you're not going to oh. care about you know your bank account like nobody nobody's like you know talking at your funeral and being like oh my god I loved them they were rich like yeah yeah they talk about your experiences right so we want to like help people really have like less regrets in their life at the end of their life and do the things that they always wanted to do because that's like what life is really about and and money is it's important it's not everything Yeah. It supports, you know, all the things out there and it makes things a bit easier. Maybe eases like, uh, where am I going to 
live next month? Am I going to be able to eat food? Sure. That type of stuff. But then you have more and you still feel the same, you know? Um, <laughs> but what were some of the other things that were said in the survey that you guys did? You said the they didn't get around to it. What else? Yeah, I mean... A lot of it was just that they didn't plan. So I, I really do think that, you know, the number one thing that we want to help people do is like plan these things and figure out what you want and figure out what's important to you. Yeah. Um, a lot of the survey responses were kind of really simple things, you know, mm -hmm. they're like, what I really wanted to do in my life was like, learn how to surf. It's like, okay, well, that's actually, it doesn't cost that much money, like depending on where you live, of course, but it's a lot of these like regrets were the things that like we kind of take for granted every day or that we could get up today and do. And if you take something very, very simple, like, like skydiving, and I kind of hate this example because it's such a, like a bucket list, whatever, right, but yeah. a lot of people did say that. Really? So this example, and they're like, I really wanted to skydive, but now I'm like, you know, 70 and I don't think I can or whatever, like some excuse. Oh, wow. But the reality of skydiving is that it only takes one day out of your life, right? Oh, and it only costs a couple hundred dollars. So like, obviously, if you don't have a couple hundred dollars, but you could like save up for that over time. If that's the number one thing you want to do in your life, like yeah. make a plan to do it. It takes yeah. one day. You can save up for it. You can go with your friends or whatever. Like you can make it happen. Yeah. Like don't, don't keep pushing it off to like a fictional someday. For sure. Because then you're going to regret it later. Yeah. Like, hey, just get up and go do it. And then yeah. you're not going to regret it. It's, totally. it's actually very simple. <laughs> totally. So I'm with you. I'm curious what you think about this because I'm one of those people like you where it's like, okay, cool. I want to do this thing. I'm going to do it or I'm going to figure out a way or they're like, it's just in timing or whatever. And, but I do find most people will be like, wow. Like they just think like, oh my gosh, your life is so cool. I wish mine could be that way. Or I wish I could do that. And sometimes I guess like, what's your response? Because I'm like, yeah, you can too. Or like, what's your values? Like, what do you actually want? Because maybe something that you think is really amazing is different than me. Like are, we live our lives in a very different way. What are your values for life? So like, what do you tell people? Because sometimes it's just like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like you can do it too, you know? I mean, I think it's funny that you say that because I actually think that's like a very good summary of, of the book is that like telling people like you can do these things that you think maybe in your mind, they're really crazy. Like, like, oh man, it would be so cool if I had a company that planted trees or if I, you know, if I learned how to, you know, kite board or like whatever like whatever the thing that you want to do is like and yeah. they think oh that would be cool to do someday but then they don't plan it and I think that to your point like people don't really know what they want a lot yeah. of the time totally. and so the book kind of opens with like the first chapter is about urgency and finding that urgency um we go through an exercise that is basically like what if your doctor called you and said that you had one year left to live? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you want to do in that one year? Mm -hmm. And then we go from that to like 30 days. And then now you only have one day left. Like, what do you want to do? Mm 
-hmm. And that kind of like makes people, if they really do the exercise and they really sit down and think about it, that gives you ideas around like what you actually want. And then we go through the exercises of taking those things and breaking them down into like exactly how you're going to get there. And, and I think that hopefully that will help people figure out what they want, because if, if there's 10 things that you want to do and you're not working on any of them, and those are the most important things, then Mm. what are you doing with your life? Mm. While you were writing the book, did you ever have something come up that you were like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. Like different things or like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I regretted that. I totally do. Or something that came up for you. Um, It's interesting because there was so many things like when, so when we were writing the book, we actually had a really crazy thing happen. Um, So Joe, my business partner of, you know, almost 12 years, his wife, who's just the loveliest person ever, um, had this crazy diagnosis of like very advanced breast cancer. And it was like, just so like horribly ironic of a reminder that life is short and you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, she was just turning like 34 and they have two small children. And, and we were like in the, we had just turned in like the first draft of the book and the book is all about doing the things you want to do before you die. Right. So, um, it was this horrible reminder and it really like actually, you know, kickstarted my, dreams even more because I was like wow this can really happen to anyone like she was perfectly healthy like there was no reason why she would have had this um so I started doing some things that I thought I would do like you know in the far future yeah like we um like she luckily she she just got like the she's free of cancer so it's all good now thank god but we ended up going to um to the pyramids which is like something that I thought that I would do in like yeah in Egypt and it was so cool and such an amazing experience and like I probably wouldn't have done that like without like writing this book and without that whole cancer situation happening because like it is such a big bucket list thing but I was like if I don't do it now like I might never do it so I yeah, in April, I went to the pyramids and I also did India, which I absolutely loved. And I thought about India from a ter- from terms of like, I've always wanted to go there, but am I going to want to do that when I'm old? Like, probably not, right? It's not like the most comfortable. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I started thinking about things in, in more of those terms versus like... I don't know, other things that I've done in the past. So I started thinking of it in terms of like, could I do this now? Would it be more comfortable now? Would it be better now if I did it while I was still like semi young versus like when I, if I do get older, I'm probably not going to want to do those things specifically. Mm. So I'm like prioritizing all these things. Like I'm probably not going to have like some relaxing island vacation anytime in the, in the near future. <laughs> Like it's all going to be like very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, So I I think that that was like a shift in me is like, I'm going to do all these things that are uncomfortable now. Like I, 
like I've been doing more in the water. I've been like surfing more and paddleboarding more and like trying to just be like way more active, like going like all these things that are like free or cheap, like I'm doing now because like I realize that I'm not going to be able to do that when I'm older. So. Wow. I love that. I love that you even said, you said, if I get older, yeah, you know, I mean, to that point, we don't know tomorrow. And unfortunately, just the other day, I just found out that one of my really close guy friends, his brother just passed. He unfortunately got murdered on his 16th birthday. And this whole thing, like literally, you know, tore us all up and it came out of absolute nowhere. And so those type of things in our life that just shake us. And I've been thinking even just since then, since I found out on Friday, I'm just like, thinking about every person that I love, thinking about everything that I, you know, care for in life, like all that kind of stuff. And, and like meaning it like brings it back to meaning. It brings it back to just like simple things, simplifying a lot of stuff too, where it's, it's like, tell the people that you love, that you love them. Why aren't you having these whatever conversations? Why aren't you just going after this thing that to your point regrets, you know, like, why are we going to regret anything and hold on to whatever it might be, whether it's doing something or being somewhere with someone or something. And so anyway, it's interesting. I wonder too, if it's like, if people don't have some sort of wake up call moment, if, if, you know, people just feel like they want to be comfortable and most people do, they just want comfort. They don't want to know you know, they want to know what they don't know, because then once they know, then they got to go through the harder stuff. And if you don't like discomfort, then you might not like this book, but that's the whole point (laughs) book is to make you feel that urgency. So as you said, a lot of people have this wake up moment, right? Like they have a near death experience or someone they know, you know, gets cancer, someone they know gets in a car accident or something like that. But then you still think in your head, like, that's not going to happen to me. The reality is that it could, you know, 14% of deaths are completely out of the blue, like car accidents or whatnot. Um, And then the rest of them really are like diseases. So the idea that we're going to like die peacefully in our sleep at like a hundred years old is not real. Like that's like this fantasy that we have. And, um, the average American lifespan is 74 for men and 78 for women. So 76 is the combined average. Um, I'm 38. So I'm exactly halfway through my life. If I live to be crazy to think. And most people don't like there's 50% of people less than that. Right. So (laughs) so good chance. And the good chance that I'm way more than halfway through my life which is not something that people think about. And I think it's, you know, it might sound morbid or whatever, but um, but the reality is like, that makes me think every single day, like I'm going to do the things that I want to do because I could be way more than halfway through my life. Totally. And that's sad. Yeah. You know, but, so what are a few things right now that you really want to do? I mean, I know you have this book coming out, so you're like working on that. You said that you have your old company, another one. Are those some of them? And then there's like personal things filled in? Yeah, right now. I mean, the book journey has been a really crazy journey. So something else that happened, like, you know, and, and not, you know, my life or whoever else's life, you know, it's, you might think it's like all roses and whatever, but there's like so many obstacles that every single person has to deal with. So it's, it's not all good. So for example, like with this book, 
we just had like the hardest time, like it, you know, that we went through the cancer stuff. And then as soon as we turned the book in, our publisher actually shut down that same week. <laughs> so literally overnight with no, um, no warning whatsoever. Oh, so yeah, it was crazy. So then we had to like scramble and we had to hire all these people. And like, you know, it was, we didn't really know what we were doing. We've never launched a book before. So this is like this crazy overnight situation where everything changed. So really for the last month, couple months, I've been like very focused on just getting the book done and out. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm so grateful that it's like done and I can like physically hold it in my hand and like it comes out, you know, on September 12th. And uh, so that's my biggest goal right now is just to have the book out, you know, speak more about it, like really, truly help people fill their lives with meaningful experiences, because I think that that's the most important thing that I can possibly do in my life is to create this ripple effect of like people following their dreams. And, you know, we've done keynotes and we've done like, you know, some other content stuff and it's like the most amazing thing to like someone that will come to you and be like I'd never even thought about my parents getting older before and like I took my dad on like his dream trip and it like you know it only cost like less than a thousand dollars and it was like the greatest week of his life you know stuff like that it's like I don't know it's it's so meaningful to me and I really love it but there's always things I, I want to do you know I want to get better at surfing for example I want to um there's big things on my list I want to uh, I'd love to go to Patagonia in like the next year or so but but right now the main thing is just uh is just helping other people that's so good and then is there I mean I know there's so many stories in there but something that stands out to you like from one of your guys's experiences or maybe a couple of them that you were just like oh my gosh this experience changed my life and it's in the book so for me personally, I think this is like probably not the answer that you would think, but so when we asked 20,000 people what the most valuable experience of their life was, it was a negative experience. And I was one of those people. So my experience of going through a separation and moving and all these bad things happening was the most valuable experience of my life. Because I think that like everything in your life starts with like what's inside your head and can really like do anything and change anything if like you're mentally sound right so I never really was super into mental health before this like mm -hmm. I was always like, pretty happy or whatever like I went through like periods of depression but never anything like what happened in 2020 mm -hmm. so that really like changed my life and um like really getting a hold of like my mental health and getting happier and like figuring out what I really want was like the most valuable experience of my life but wow. uh, yeah I mean in terms of like a trip or something like that I mean probably like my favorite big ones were like I um, did a road trip around Iceland and I saw the northern lights mm. that was spectacular <laughs> or like being in Kenya and like going on a safari and there's a story in the book about how we like had a very close encounter with a lion. <laughs> wow. I don't know about that, but it was, it was really fun. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. It's so true. I feel with what you talked about, that's like, I don't know, those really hard, hard, hard moments 
that really do cause you to be who you are today. And without them, you know, and I, I've had, you know, I mean, similar, but different where I was a pretty happy person and people would be going through it. And I'd be like, it's fine. Just change your mindset. Like you'll be okay. Until I also had a moment where I could not get out of bed. And I was like, whoa, this is what it feels like. Like I literally cannot get out like, whoa. Okay. Like I can't just change my mindset. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, go having to go through a process of what that meant to be on the other side. And now being thankful for it, you know, because it builds like crazy resilience, like it allows for other experiences. And so, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And if you can take those bad experiences and turn them into something positive, like that's the greatest thing on earth. Like we, I, t- I have a whole chapter in the book about this, but um, helping people through those negative things, because really like that now I look back and I'm like, that was so impactful and so valuable for me. Like there's just all these things that happened because of that negative experience. Like, like I ended up moving to nature and like before I was living in the city and it was like very much like making me unhappy, just like being in, you know, it was so loud and so like, you know, honestly dangerous. And like, it was, I lived in a really cool place, but it was just not like who I was as a person. Like I very much need to be in nature. And like, now I'm much happier because I can like, go outside and be around like trees and water and stuff versus like just loud cars. So for me, it's like made a huge difference in my life just to like understand what I need and what I want and try to go after those things that really truly make me like calm and happy. Mm, Wow. That's amazing. And then what are some, are there any last kind of things that you want people to know either about their life and what's possible and going after their dreams. Um, or if you have some, I don't know, some wisdom you want to drop. Let's see. What wisdom do I want to drop? Um, (laughs) I think that, you know, you only get one life and we hear that all the time. You hear things like people say like YOLO or you only live once or whatever, but, but it really is true. And like, this is not a dress rehearsal and you really should go after the things that you want because it's been proven at the end of your life, you're going to regret the things that you didn't do versus the things that you did. So if there's something that you want to do, even if it's like as small as like, I would love to make homemade pizza or dumplings someday, like just do it, like plan it for this weekend, right? And take steps towards doing that and you're not going to regret it. And I just like, I love seeing people explore their passions and, and doing the things they want to do. So I'm excited for, uh, for the book to come out and to, um, to hear from your audience. Oh, I can't wait. And then if you were a gift to the world, what would you be? If I was a gift to the world, what would I be? I think I would be... Uh, is curiosity a gift absolutely like giving people like curiosity about what they can achieve yeah, like I, would love, I love, love that Ooh, that's a goodie that's a goodie we got some curiosity over here okay I love it and then where can people find you sure so our website is experientialbillionaire.com um my personal site 
um, for speaking and writing and whatnot is uh, BridgetHilton.com and the same on Instagram, Bridget L. Hilton. Amazing. Okay. Everybody go check her out, go order her book and then go listen to this podcast, share it with everybody that you know, subscribe, love, share all the things. But thank you so much for being with us today, Bridget. This was amazing. And I seriously can't wait to read it. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. All right. Wasn't that episode with Bridget incredible? Seriously, it gives you a really good hard look at your own life to be like, where am I playing small? Where am I not believing in myself? And what are the things that I actually want for my life? So the book is out, uh, just came out a little bit ago. And so go check it out. And if you are somebody that really does want to live those dreams, you want to start some sort of business or nonprofit, just something that is so deep in your heart, or maybe you already have one, but you're ready to expand it. Well, now's your time. So we have our dreams to reality mastermind. I seriously cannot wait. It's starting in November. And this is for the ladies who are ready for it. You're ready to up-level all areas of your life and your personal, as well as starting or expanding that incredible dream that you have. So go to justall.com and there's a mastermind link. You can go ahead and set up a call with me and I cannot wait to chat with you and make these dreams reality. All right, can't wait to see you at the next one.